everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we are talking about Soul, Pixar's new movie that was released on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. For those of you wondering, those of you concerned, yes, I did watch it on Christmas Day, along with Wonder Woman. Uh, my wife and I watched them back-to-back in the basement. It was awesome. Uh, I personally am all for the streaming releasing things on streaming right away very excited about it i like that there's just exciting new content every week on places like disney plus and hbo max um i i do hope that they still put movies out in movie theaters and obviously that's kind of what hbo was talking about in their last announcement but if they are doing something where it's movie theaters and on HBO Max, I think that's fantastic because a lot of times the movies that I'm watching or that I want to watch, my family also really likes as well, and most of them don't live by me, so we are unable to go see the movie together. So to be able to watch it all at once on the streaming service and press play at the same time is is awesome. I mean, we've been doing that with The Mandalorian. I've got friends that I'm doing that with with The Mandalorian um, with other shows as well. But like I said, this is going to be our discussion on soul. There will be a second episode going over, uh, wonder woman as well. And so I was very careful to watch both of these movies twice, uh, to really make sure that I have my thoughts down on them because there's often, uh, most of the time, not always, but most of the time when I go see a movie in theaters, uh, there's a little bit of a shine on that film. Uh, I always call it the one point bump where uh, if I see the movie in theaters or it's a really special movie like Wonder Woman, um, I'll usually give it an extra point just because, you know, I'm, I'm swept into the magic of the moment. And so a lot of times I need to rewatch the movie again with a little more of an objective eye. Uh, but, you know, I like being able to do that because that first, it's like you can never watch a movie again for the first time. Um, sometimes you can, and I'll we'll talk about that later, but, um, but you can't really see it for the first time twice. So, uh, that first time it's like, just have fun with it. Just enjoy the movie for what it needs to be. And then like on the second watch, whatever, you know, that's when you can start analyzing and nitpicking it. Sometimes obviously, you know, the movie is so bad that, uh, you are doing that on the first showing. But for example, one set of movies that, um, and I was going to, I was planning on doing an episode on it, but it uh, it would be lo- way too long. I don't know if anyone would listen, but my wife and I actually watched all of the Harry Potter movies uh, last week uh, during, we had the week off from work, and um, uh, it was awesome. There was one day where uh, we got up and uh, we started, at that point we were at, on Order of the Phoenix, and it was like noon, and we, we started Order of the Phoenix, and at 10 that night, we wrapped up Deathly Hallows Part 2, and my wife actually hadn't even seen Deathly Hallows Part 2, which made it that much better. But we were talking in those movies about how like there was so much, even though I had watched all the Harry Potters again uh, two years ago, maybe. It always feels like when I watch those movies that I'm watching them for the first time. And so I think the more that I watch them, I'll start to see, like, I was really struggling with, you know, <clears throat> the order I have on my on my phone, like, the what my favorite Harry Potter movies are in order. And um, the only change that I really did was uh, Chamber of Secrets. I wasn't as huge a fan of the last time I watched it. When I watched it this time, I was like, what was I even thinking? That movie was awesome. 
but uh, but really that whole watching a movie the first time is it's, it should be special and so whether you're watching it for the first time in theaters or you're watching it for the first time on a streaming service uh, I hope you enjoy these movies and, and we got a lot of them to come so we'll, we'll get started Soul is Pixar's newest movie and it's by uh, it was written and directed by Pete Doctor who did uh, Monsters Inc I think he did Inside Out and he did Up uh, if I'm remembering right it was a great movie. It was a phenomenal movie. Uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, the first time I watched it, and then afterwards I was like, am I giving it the one-point bump? And I watched it again yesterday, and no, I was not giving it the one-point bump. I really, really love this movie. Um, I, I can't say where it lines up in my favorite Pixar movies. I've never been one to compare Pixar movies just because they are all very different. Unless you're just saying, oh, they're all animated movies, but they're all the content is so different for each of the movies that it's hard to say. I mean, like I love Incredibles, I loved Inside Out, I loved, uh, I actually liked The Good Dinosaur. So it, you know, my I'm sure my list would look a, a lot different than a lot of people's lists, but Soul would definitely be towards the top of that list. And the main reason why. I think is personally that movie spoke to me. That movie resonated with me on a very, very deep level. I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to, and especially a lot of adults can relate to. And that's where I'm going to start this conversation is I saw a review, and I believe it was a review. It was like two different reviews. No, it wasn't. It was just one on IGN. Uh, They're usually pretty kind to movies, the ones that they like. But uh, they had a weird thing, and I might as well just pull it up. Uh, When they were talking about Soul, they had some weird comments to make about the movie. And um, I personally didn't agree with them, but I figured it would be good to bring them up to discuss because it... uh, it's just it, it was interesting that they would even kind of say it. There's a there's a spot right here. It says souls and and, and before we even get started with this, um, we will be talking spoilers for this movie. So if you haven't seen it, that's fine. Go watch it on Disney Plus. It's available right now. But they gave the movie a seven out of ten, I believe, is what they gave it. And um, they said Soul's message seems to be. Find joy in being made an iPhone 4S instead of a 12 Pro Max and stop looking for that upgrade. This movie brought to you by the people living their dreams as filmmakers. So uh, there's a lot in that phrase. Essentially what they're saying is the message of soul is to be happy uh, in a lower class status of life. Uh, and don't try to change that, essentially, uh, which I feel bad because, and I'm going to double check who wrote this review. Oh, wow, Jim Vavita did it, and I love Jim. He's fantastic, but that's, uh, I don't know if that's because he's, you know, obviously he reviews a lot of movies, he sees a lot about cinema, makes total sense. I get why he's saying that. There sort of is a message there, but that is not the point of the message, Jim. The message is is to be happy with where you are, to be happy living, to be happy to be in the present moment. And yes, you could say, yeah, you know, being happy if you're in a, in a situation that is hurting you or is harmful, uh, to not 
um, you know, to change that situation. Don't be content with being in that type of situation. But in the same breath, like if you get an opportunity like uh, Joe Gardner does in this to, to play his dream jazz role in Dorothea, uh, Dorothea's band, um, don't pass that up. And so that's the exact opposite. So he said, you know, it, it just the way that he said that just didn't make sense to me. And it was that mixed with the fact that multiple people I heard say like, oh, wow, Pixar's making movies for adults now. And it's I just don't get I don't understand why people get so upset at movies like I it's it's so funny you don't I, I you know maybe maybe it's something that there's precedent for I would be curious if during the Renaissance period when um you know our ancient ancestors were creating art and they uh you know they'd put a painting up on the wall and someone would be like are you, are you kidding me what does this painting even say it's a bunch of it's a bunch of dogs running in a field like what are they they're hunting I don't hunt. We don't all hunt. What's the message of this? To be to be a hunter, to be content with hunting. It just this doesn't make sense to me. And then the whole you know the whole town goes into an outrage, and the the artist is burned alive, and the painting is destroyed. And and uh, obviously I'm kidding, but that's kind of the same level of vitriol that we are getting today in 2020 when people don't like things, and what specifically when people don't like uh, cinema. And, and specifically, you know, TV shows and movies. Um, and obviously, you know, there's certain ones where I, I guess, and we'll see in the Wonder Woman review, but, you know, everyone seems to really, really like that movie. Uh, but it's the same for, like, you think of any Star Wars movie. And, and oftentimes, it falls into a Disney movie, right? Obviously, because they own everything. But, like, you see this with Pixar movies. You see this with the, uh, the sometimes with Marvel movies. You see it with DC, Star Wars, where there's just this there's this idea that the movie needs to be held to the highest of standards as opposed to just judging it based on its own merit and content. And so looking at Soul as just a movie, not as the X number of movie in Pixar's lineup over the years, this movie is really, really good, guys, and it, it has such a strong message, and it's meant to for adults this movie most of what's in this movie is going to go over a kid's head Uh, a lot of kids aren't going to understand the whole idea about the spark and about the uh the lost souls and all of that but as an adult i can relate to that i can relate to so much of that and so i don't my argument for that too and this is something i explained to my mom was it's not that Pixar is making adult movies. Pixar is just making movies for the same audience that they've always made them for. I was a Pixar fan when I was a little kid watching Toy Story, and now I am all grown up. I grew up with Andy, and I was in. I was going to college when Toy Story 3 came out, and that movie just moved me to my core. And I'm at that point in my life now as well, where there are moments that I wonder, like, Am I meant for more? Am I meant to do something else? Am I meant to, uh, like, is this all that life is sort of thing? And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that think that when they're, it doesn't matter what job they have, it doesn't matter what station in life they're at, that's just a common human feeling to have. And this movie does such a good job at kind of articulating that idea into something that children will really like but then as those kids grow up and rewatch this movie they go wow you know they hit a lot of things on the head obviously they took a lot of 
uh, kind of, I guess, what's the word, uh, clearance maybe with with some of the higher concepts like the Jerry's. Obviously, we don't know in, in real world. We have no idea what that looks like. We don't know what the great before looks like. We don't know what the great beyond looks like. But to have that shown in here, man, when we were watching it, that was one of the first things that came out of my mouth was when and uh, when obviously the you know the movie starts with Joe Gardner. He is a he's a jazz teacher at a school, or he just teaches band at a school, and he's offered a full time position in band, but he's hesitant to take it because his dream is to be a jazz musician. And the same day, he gets an offer to play in uh, Dorothea. Is it Dorothea Parker? Or, um, but it's, it's Dorothea's band. It's a, a four-person band, and the band is um, Dorothea Williams, I'm sorry, uh, played awesome by everyone in this movie did great. Angela Bassett was Dorothea Williams. But um, his mom is, and this is, a, he's an adult, but he still, you know, hangs out with his mom and talks with his mom. And she's like, she wants him to take the job. And she brings up a lot of good points. She's like, you know, the world needs more teachers and it's a it's a full-time position. You're going to get benefits. Like all of that stuff is real. But those are all the things that we deal with every day. And a lot of creative people deal with every day to say, okay, maybe I'm meant to be an artist. I'm meant to be a musician or I'm meant to be a painter. But that doesn't pay the bills. And I have to find some day job that doesn't crush my soul so that my creative energies can be put into something else that I actually love doing. And it's those rare instances where you do find a job that you can inject your creativity into uh, that make living that much better, whether that's the dream job you wanted where you can write and you're an author, or it's a job where it wasn't exactly what you expected, but you're able to inject that creativity into the job, whether, you know, like a retail job, anything. There's You can find a spark in anything. And so as he's going through, he, he's trying, he gets so excited that he doesn't pay attention to what he's doing and he, he falls through a manhole and dies. And then the, and that's what I'm saying where we're like, man, I wish we'd seen this in theaters or that we could have seen it in theaters uh, because the scenes in the great beyond were so amazing. They were beautiful, wide shots, just gorgeous. And the music was beautiful as well. But so He's waiting in line to go to the great beyond, and he says, no, it's not my time, and he escapes and ends up in the great before, which is where souls are birthed to become uh, things or become personalities, I guess you could say. So there's, there's souls that are happy, there's souls that are excitable, aloof. And I really liked that concept, but that was one part where I was like, hmm, I don't know necessarily if I agree with it, but it's not... It's like, what can you, you can't really disagree with it, right? Like, we don't know for sure the whole nature versus nurture idea when it comes to the emotions we have, the feelings and personalities that we have. Is that something our parents passed down to us? Is that something that we've learned through our time growing up? Or is that something that we were just born with from our soul? And I would say, too, as a shout out for this movie, it was funny because our wife, my wife and I, we had read these books a long time ago. Um, like five, six years ago, something like that, uh, called uh, Journey of Souls. And there's a sequel book called Destiny of Souls. And it's about this guy who, uh, it's a it's a real book, like it's a nonfiction book, but it's about, he's like a, he's a doctor. He's either a psychiatrist or a hypnotherapist, something like that. And he just is cataloging uh, in the book all of the interviews that he has done with patients where they have gone back to technically the great before and are experiencing their other lives 
and it really is a nice, I would say if you're looking for something to watch or watch or read after it, it's a really nice thing to read to complement this movie because it kind of talks about the same stuff that, you know, you the, a lot of souls, when they're young souls, they're learning, they're, you know, going to learn things and figure stuff out. And so it was just cool that all those concepts were touched on. Obviously, they didn't get dived into too deeply, but it was still nice to see. And uh, there was a great line at that point where... Um, and so he's in, he's there. He's pretending to be a mentor, which are I guess old souls who have died that are um, mentoring the young souls. And he gets teamed up with Twenty Two, who is a soul that has been there for it seems like forever and has had such notable mentors as Albert Einstein, uh, Jack Kirby, and uh, Mother Teresa. And none of them were able to convince her to go to Earth. And so what happens is a soul kind of gets its personality, and the last thing that it needs is a spark. And once it gets its spark, then it gets an Earth pass that it can go to Earth. It can leave the soul world and go into Earth. And uh, so you can you can have a mentor who can kind of like show you their life, and maybe that will get you your spark. There's a place called the it's like the Hall of Everything or something like that where. Um, everything is on earth and so people will find their spark there maybe they like playing basketball or whatnot and so joe's getting this idea that like well his spark is piano like jazz he that's what his spark is and so he's trying to get back she's not trying to leave uh, and that's uh 22 is played by uh and i would assume they're probably a they because they're a soul so there's you know no sex there but um uh, tina fey is the voice and so they come up with a, a harebrained scheme that actually is pretty simple, which is if she can get her Earth Pass, if he helps her find her spark, she will just give him the Earth Pass and he'll go back to Earth so that she can stay in the soul world forever because that's what she wants. And so that's kind of what happens. And they end up meeting a uh, – there's an awesome bit. We're going to get to it. I was going to say one of, my, one of the lines that I wrote down that I really liked was uh, when they're walking around – this building fell on some souls and she's like oh don't worry about it uh you can't crush a soul that's what earth is for and i was like oh wow what a dig that's great but then she's like trying to find her spark and there's multiple things there's uh she's like going through this it's like a montage where she's pretending to be the president and she's like eh and then she goes into space and she's like eh and then she wins like an award and she's like eh none of that stuff impressed her and uh, I just think that's really magical because by the end of it, she gets impressed when she's down on Earth by the, the little things. And I think that's one of the, again, another strong message in this movie and something that I really hope people aren't having fly over their heads is that that spark is not your passion. And that is what one of the Jerry's explains to Joe at the very end of the movie. And I know I'm jumping around here, but it's just, you know, your passion isn't your spark and we're going to get to that. But there's a great scene where, um, they go into the zone. And so they explained it as the zone is this place where when you're really, really flowing and it's, it's in between the physical and the spiritual that you come to this plane of existence. And so who's there, but artists, musicians, creatives, athletes, actors, people who are embodying just these superhuman-like qualities come into the zone. But then there's other ways you can come into the zone. Uh, all of a sudden, a ship shows up, a, a peace and love ship, where this guy named Moon uh, is like Moonwood or something like that. He uh, 
he's there because he I think he just does psychedelics or something but he's like in New York and he's just a, a guy who's alive and he he's you know in a deeply meditative state along with a couple of other people who are across the world one's like a guy in Tibet who's meditating and other persons from like Berkeley or something like that it's pretty great but as they're they're there they're explaining to Joe they're like cruising around in the sands of uh, the zone and uh, they see all these huddled, disgusting, dark souls that are walking around, like shuffling around. And he explains that these are lost souls. And, uh, and their group is called Mystics Without Borders. But their job, they said that they try to help lost souls. And they explain that these lost souls are people who are obsessive and that can't let go of their anxieties. And when that uh, when that happens, they just they lose their soul and they become so obsessed in their thoughts and actions that they come here and they they and they show it as an example of a uh, it's like an investment banker or something like that. And they found his soul and they brought it back to him and he's down on earth. He was do, just doing his finance work or whatever. And then he's like, what have I been doing with my life? And then he, you know, has his epiphany and leaves and quits. And so it was like, that's the idea of where people kind of get that when they're going to like a literal soul crushing job Uh, but he said that the zone becomes so enjoyable being in the zone that for some it actually becomes an obsession and they disconnect from life and so it's even showing that too much of a good thing is a bad thing and so uh there's this bit where uh you know she's so they end up they accidentally go back to earth joe's about to get back into his body but 22 comes with she goes into his body he goes into a cat and so the whole rest of it is just antics and shenanigans of them trying to get back into their bodies before it's too late because he has to play this this gig at night and uh and by the way all of the jazz portions of this movie were phenomenal they were just amazing and a joy to watch and made me they're probably my favorite parts of the movie along with being in the zone but um that's kind of and so by the end of the movie uh, he realizes with the help of 22 because she's like she's collecting these things she's got like a crust of a pizza the spool a spool of yarn from when he's with his mom and um and then a like a little I don't even know what those things are called they're like helicopter seeds and it lands in his hand and he just keeps that it, it, as 22 and she's like oh these things are so cool he's like this is that's not like a spark he's like that's just everyday living and so by the end of the movie he has to reconcile with that because this whole time he has been wanting more for himself. He's been wanting more and more and he's forgotten a lot of things about what living actually is. And so I think despite, you know, again, that the main the main character, okay, so what? The main character isn't a superhero. The main character isn't some rich person or print a princess or a king or something like that having to learn humility it's just a regular person which is something that so many people can relate to especially in this country and for that to be the message i think it's just so strong that it is just regular old living that and then at the end so like i said going back to what i was saying earlier he's talking with the jerry's at the end and he's like well you know 22 ends up getting her spark and he's like what was her spark and he's like, what are you talking about? She's, he's like, what was it? Was it jazz? Was it walking? What, what was it that got her to, to get her earth pass? And he's like, you feeble humans or something like that. Like, that's not what a spark is. And that's kind of when the, the wheels click into place in that your spark is not that thing, that passion. Because those passions, whether that's, again, collecting something or 
doing sports or whatever that thing is, too much of that can become an obsession. And when you're focused so solely on just one thing, so uh, pun intended, uh, it's not good. Uh, it can be good, and it can be very joyful, specifically maybe just for you, but the world doesn't just revolve around you. It revolves around everybody. And so what we learn is that true spark is that quiet, those quiet little moments on earth, those those parts of our lives that don't mean anything. Those are the things that mean the most at the end of the day. Sitting outside and listening to nature, catching a helicopter seed in your hand, enjoying a really good piece of pizza. That is true living. And I think that is such a powerful message because, again, that's something that I've been struggling with for a long time of, like, what am I meant to do? Why am I here? And to you know, kind of come to that realization that you're just here to live for however long that ends up being. And it's like, okay, well, if that's true, if that's the case, why not live every moment? And that's what everyone says, right? But they forget that that's not, it's not like, oh, every moment needs to be a 500 person party or going out to a wedding every weekend or, or going traveling every, every day. Like that, that's great. Those things are awesome, but you don't, it's not always the biggest big thing. It's a lot of the little stuff too. It's going on a walk. It's reading a good book or just sitting by a crackling fire. Those are the things that give people life. And it was just so cool to be reminded of that, that life is special even in those small moments. Joe Gardner is a special person, not just because of who he is, but because of the things that he's doing, the little things that he's done, the impact that he makes with Des at the barbershop, the impact that he makes on his mom when he starts telling the truth to her, uh, the fact that he's spread his knowledge and teachings to younger generations through jazz. Those are his sparks. Those are his reasons for living. It's not about the gig. It's not about playing with Dorothea Williams. And he even gets to this part where he comes out after the show because he ends up coming back and doing the show and he absolutely kicks ass in the show. And he says, I thought, he says, well, what, what's next? And she goes, what's next? Well, we come back tomorrow and do it all over again. And he goes, oh, well, I thought it would, I thought it would feel different. And she says, someone told, she goes, someone told me a story about uh, the story about these fish. She says, there's this fish in, in a river and he's talking to an older fish and he says, I want to get to the ocean. I want to be in the ocean. Can you, can you tell me how to get to the ocean? And he says, you're in the ocean right now. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm in water. What I want is the ocean. And that is, it was like that, just the the bow on top of a, a perfect gift for us to say, like, you don't, re, to, to people who are struggling with that, was struggling with realizing what, you know, what can I do? What is, what is my life? Take a couple minutes, close your eyes and listen to the world around you. Look at the world around you because all of this world, this entire world is yours. This is your life. The decisions you make, the people you meet with, 
the friends you have, the family you care about, the activities you do, and not just you, but billions of people all over the planet. And if we're talking in the context of this movie, all of these people have souls inside of them that have been crafted before to come here. And the only reason they are able to get here is not because of their personality. It's not because of the things that they learned when they were in the great before. It's that spark. And that spark is the desire to live. It's, it's the pure desire to just be alive, to breathe in air and eat and sleep and play and party and have fun. Whatever it is that makes you happy, that is living. It's not about wanting to know what's next. And I think that's such a, a powerful message because we are at a crossroads right now in in the world i mean 2020 has been one of the craziest years ever i saw on netflix that there's a uh there's a special there now called uh something about 2020 basically about how terrible 2020 is it's like a documentary that just came out and i really want to watch it but i'm just thinking like wow everything about 2020 has been absolutely crazy covid racial justice racial injustice uh the presidential election all of the deaths not just the deaths of uh, p- people such as like Kobe Bryant and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, but the deaths of over, it's almost getting to 300,000 people. Almost, the for a while there, there was like two weeks where more people were dying every day from COVID than in all of 9-11. Every day was a new and worse 9-11. And no one was saying anything about it. All they were wanting to know was when's the next Mandalorian episode going to come out. And hey, I got to tell you, I was in that boat. Obviously, I, I, I'm trying to feel everything, but we are just at this point where we are so concerned about what's coming next. Look at the Disney Investor Day. And I had a whole podcast episode about that, about what's next, what to expect next, what's bigger, what's better. That is not living. <laughs> that is expecting. And expecting is not the same. And it, in fact, ends up being worse. There are some times when our expectations get blown out of the water, and that is a precious moment. That's a spark. That's something I love seeing. But there are a lot of times where it doesn't. And we get really upset and we get really mad. And that's what happens sometimes. We write bad reviews about uh, about movies we don't like. We get angry on Twitter. And I got to tell you, I mean, this is it's a small tangent, but as a perfect example of that, yesterday on Twitter, there was some sort of, of hoopla about some guy, and I'm not even, I'm going to purposely exclude the names on this, but it was some Star Wars, it was like, Star, I'm going to say it anyway, it was like Star Wars Theory posted some video of him doing an emotional response to seeing the finale of The Mandalorian. And some guy who works for Star Wars made a comment on it. And then everyone got up in arms. And it's like they're, it's crazy. It's just psychotic to me. And so I'm seeing this, wasn't looking for it. But in Twitter, in the Explore section, it's listed as a trending category, even though there were only a thousand tweets talking about it. That's not trending. There's things that trend on there with hundreds of thousands of tweets. Why am I seeing this? Probably because I like Star Wars. So uh, I I clicked the little button that said, you know, this doesn't relate. The, the two options to get rid of this in my feed were uh, I'm not interested, and then this is spammy or harmful. And I clicked bolt. I clicked it. I clicked spammy and harmful because it was spam in my eyes. I don't need to see that, uh, but I am interested in Star Wars, so that's why. Uh, but then it said, "All right, your your preferences have been saved. Please refresh the page." 
I refreshed it, it's still there. It wouldn't go away. And then uh, later in the day, there were two trending topics about it, about that same thing, even though they only had 2,000 tweets. And I'm trying to get rid of them, but I can't. We as a, as a society have just started feeding on this outrage, on this obsession, this idea that things have to be our way. They ha- This has to be my Star Wars. This has to be my, my Pixar. And if it isn't, I'm going to scream about it online until I get a bunch of people to follow me and then I can develop my own YouTube channel. That's my goal. Whether that, and you know, who knows, maybe I'm going to do, I'm, I might do an emotional video of me watching Soul. I actually didn't cry during this movie. But I got really close a couple times, and I, I think my fans would love to see that. But that those people, and I'm not being, I'm not specifically calling out anybody. I'm not specifically calling out Star Wars Theory. Again, I didn't even watch their video. I just saw these headlines. But I'm saying those people, I think those people are lost souls. Those are the people in the zone that the Mystics Without Border are constantly trying to save. These people who are so obsessed, they have such anxiety about these things. And again, there's a lot of anxiety out there that is not related to this at all. There's a lot of anxiety that people go through that is stemming from uh, some sort of mental illness or from some trauma, that is completely different than what I'm talking about. And those souls, they need help too. I mean, everybody needs a little bit of help, but I'm talking about these people that get obsessed. And we like what a great message from this movie to know, again, uh, you know it already, right? Like we all kind of know it, but to see it on screen and to have that confirmation that obsessing over something doing something forever, the same thing over and over, getting mad, getting anxious, doing this, that doesn't serve anybody. All it does is cause you to lose yourself and cause you to lose your soul. You're losing out on precious life that you could be living. So I think there's a great message there that we can take from that investment banker who suddenly wakes up and realizes, what am I doing with my life? And if that's a message that you needed to hear as well, well, I'm glad that I could share it here. But again, there's there's obviously instances where it's not as simple as that. And there's a lot of other things that are going on as well. But uh yeah, so like I said, I had some <laughs> I had some thoughts on this movie. I really loved it and I it, it, it I, all I got to say is it came at the perfect time for me and the, everything that was in this movie I needed to hear. I needed to be reminded to live in the small moments, to not obsess over things, to not get anxious about things that are out of my control, or to be worried about things that are coming in the future that I also have no control over, to just be present, to be alive now And as Joe Gardner said, to just do regular old living. And with that, that is where we'll wrap up this episode. So for Comics and Cinema, thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Alex Klein. You can find me on Twitter, at ArobotsWink, or on Instagram, at ArobotsWink. Thanks again, and we'll see you at the movies. (laughs) 